this morning, the Lord is going to challenge you to think a little deeper about one of the most foundational questions you have to come to grips with. And that question is, can people really change? I, I, I recognize that that question is absolutely one of the bedrock foundational questions of life. Can people change? Now what we're talking about, of course, is in the Christian context. Oh, well, they used to go to strip clubs, now they go to church. Yeah, but, but that's just kind of outward. I mean, I'm not talking about that kind of change. Just coming to church. I'm not just talking about changing a few things that we used to do and we don't do anymore. I'm not, I'm not just talking about carrying a Bible or downloading a Bible app to your phone. I, I'm going deeper than that. There, there is a more foundational question that I'm telling you is, is a foundational issue for every one of us. Can people change? Do people change? When people put their faith in Jesus Christ, do they really change? And the, the, the deeper question is, can I change? Is my spouse going to change? Are my children going to change? My parents, when they come to Christ, are they going to change? My neighbors, when they come to Christ, are they really going to change? This is a foundational issue that affects everything. In fact, I want to suggest to you this morning that the enemy lies about this question more than perhaps any other question. In many ways, Every lie that the enemy has ever told you is linked to this question. I promise you a large number of lies that the enemy tells you is trying to subvert you from truly believing that when you come to Christ, you're going to change, and anyone who comes to Christ can change. And if we don't believe this, what are we doing here? What is this all about? If there is no thing as a changed life when a person comes to Christ, what are we doing? I'm telling you, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ is rooted in this question. Do people change? Another way to ask it is, does grace work? Does the gospel of Jesus Christ truly result in changed lives. Now, 
we're studying the book of Ephesians. Last week, we started the second half of the book. You see the first three chapters. It's, there's six chapters, so three and three. The, the first half, the first three chapters are all about our identity in Christ. Ephesians chapters 1, 2, and 3 redefine us and what it means that we are in Christ. Chapters 4, 5, and 6 redirect us. We move from what we believe to how we behave. And so perfectly, Ephesians chapter 4 begins with the words, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. We looked at this last week. This morning, we move from how to walk to how not to walk. Chapter 4, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Now, <clears throat> the Gentiles refers to the nations, really humanity, and it puts us all under this heading of Gentiles, and we all have a problem. Our thinking is messed up, but it goes deeper than our thinking. It says they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. So the problem with humanity is not just that humanity thinks wrong, humanity has a heart problem. And that's the underlying issue that we are not to walk in the system of this world any longer. And then we come to this, uh, really, it's a, such a powerful statement in verse 20. But this is not the way you learned Christ. You did not learn Christ this way. And then 21 reinforces the same thing. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Now, <clears throat> when you are in Jesus, this writer of this book, Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, he is fully convinced that people change. And he gets to the heart of change now in verse 22. So the truth that is in Jesus. When you are in Jesus, when I am in Jesus, when, you're, when your spouse is in Jesus, when your dad or mom are in Jesus, when your kids are in Jesus, here's the change, verse 22. To put off your old self that belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupted through deceitful desires. So the first thing here, when you're in Jesus, you have... You still have an old self. And that old self, you might as well become familiar with. 
Uh, some of us are so familiar with our old self, uh, we don't believe verse 23. Now just, just look at the next verse. To put off your old self and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, verse 24, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So let me just tell you, when you put your faith in Jesus and you are born again, you now have an old self and a new self. This does not mean you're a schizophrenic. It does not mean you've got a split personality. You are one person, but the fact is that the person who, who you celebrate on your, your biological birthday, that old self is hopelessly linked to sin and irredeemable. And so the only hope you have to change is to take off that old self and now live out of the new self that you are in Christ. The new self is everything you always wanted to be. The new self is whole. The new self is alive. Your new self is free. Your new self is healthy. Your new self will, from the moment you are born again, continue to get younger. That's what I love about it. You're always being renewed in your new self. Now, I wish I could sit down next to every one of you. I, I wish I could, could sit there and, and ask you personally, do you believe this? Do, do, are, you, are you sure? Ginger's sure. Hallelujah. I, I really wish I could sit down and ask each of you, do you believe this? Do you believe that when you are in Christ, that you are now a new person. That there is in you a new self who loves God and loves worship and loves people and loves the lost and loves obeying God and, and is totally convinced that people can change because they've changed they have taken off the old self and they're now living out of their new self. This is foundational truth. If we believe this, it's, it's really the most motivating, foundational reality. And if we don't, I'm just going to tell you, you might as well crumple up the Christian life and throw in the garbage because it'll always be a drag. It'll always be for you a charade. Yeah. 
if you don't believe people change. But on the basis that there is one true God who sent his son Jesus Christ to do the unthinkable, that as God, he took upon himself your sin nature that was nailed now to the cross so that you now in Christ can throw off that old sin nature. And he not only died for your sin nature and with your sin nature, but when he was raised from the dead, he made possible the new person he now gives to, your, to you so that you can now live a new life out of the person you are in Jesus Christ. This is foundational Christianity. It's not striving to be something we're not. It's walking in who we are. Despite all the evidence to the contrary, by looking at our lives and saying, will I ever change? But looking at Christ and saying, I guess I can. Don't expect to be a finished product tomorrow. Rejoice with the little things. Rejoice with the steps along the way. Rejoice with one right choice you make. One new desire that's obviously real inside of you. And, and one old desire that's no longer there. Now, this is so, so foundational. That's why in the two chapters, Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 5, the word walk is used five times. It's, it's strung throughout these, these chapters. Ephesians 4, verse 1, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Verse 17, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Chapter 5, verse 2, walk in love. Chapter 5, verse 8, walk as children of light. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. You see, anyone that knows anything about early childhood development knows that learning to walk is key. And when you're born again, it's no wonder you have to learn to walk all over. You're a new self. You have to break step with the way you used to walk. And you need to start walking differently. And the fact of the matter is you can. And walking the way you used to is not true to who you now are. Walking differently is true to who you are. Now what follows this foundational reality that yes in Christ people change everyone changes this isn't for a few of us this is for every one of us that foundational reality now in the verses that follow and it may seem like we've got we're covering too much scripture today but I don't think so what follows are five 
specific ways that we put off the old self and we put on the new self. Five specific ways. And we're going to see it verbally, behaviorally, spiritually, relationally, and morally. First, verbally. Look at what it says in verse 25, the next verse. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of us speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, anger or give the opportunity to the devil. Down to verse 29. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. That's the old self. Put that off. What's the new self? But only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. <laughs> I could preach a whole Sunday on that second half of that verse. Look at how the new person that you are in Christ, the new person you are in Christ, listen to how this person talks. As fits the occasion. You can have a, a statement that's true, but if it's not the occasion for it, it can do more harm than good. You need to ask God, is this the right time to speak up on that subject? As fits the occasion, good for building others up. There's a lot that's true that tears down. Now, <clears throat> I, I can't say this applies to every parenting situation. But when I was midway through my parenting years, God put this in my spirit. And here, here's, uh, here's the principle. God is the God of all encouragement. I can discipline my children at times when they need it, but in a way that does not bring life, it does not build up. It tears down. They needed the discipline. They needed the correction. But if it was not the time for it, and if it would not build them up, God said, don't say it. He, he said, wait on me until I give you the words so that when you correct and when you discipline, you will minister life and not death. You will encourage and not discourage. It's a powerful principle. It's what it says here. Only those that are in the right occasion can build up. And then the third one, that it may give grace to those who hear. If it doesn't give grace, what good is it? It may give law, but if it, if it doesn't give law and grace... That's what it says. So verbally, we put off the old and we put on the new. Behaviorally, there's one, there's one amazing example. Verse 28, let the thief no longer steal. That's the old self. But look at what happens when a thief comes to Christ. Rather, let him labor 
doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So does a person change? Look at what it says here. There, there are thieves that have come to Christ. I mean, the first guy that, that Jesus said, you're going to be with me forever, was a thief. So we know thieves get saved. I'm sure we have some here this morning. Welcome. Mi casa su casa. I hope you feel right at home. What's it say? Let them learn to work with their hands so that instead of taking other people's property, they will have something to give freely of that belongs to them that's their property, but they can give this anyone who's in need. That's a changed life. That's behavioral change happens. And then the third one, spiritual. This is in verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, the cool thing here, first of all, is that when you're born again, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. That means that even if you don't change, you're going to make it. You're sealed. But it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, to grieve is to make sad. Don't make the Holy Spirit sad. Now, in this context, what would make the Spirit sad? Living out of your old self. Verbally abusing people. Behaviorally uh, not changing. Behaviorally living out of your old self. And as we're going to say, relationally. Those things make the Spirit sad. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is constantly saying to you, you can change. You're better than that. You don't have to continue to live out of your old self. The Holy Spirit is constantly telling us that. The enemy is constantly telling us, you're never going to change. See, you look at, there's evidence, there you go again. You got the same problem. You've been born again, you're still cursing. You're still falling. The enemy says it. But, but the Lord says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit because he sealed you. He's not going to let you go. And he's not going to let you thrive in your disobedience. You're never going to be fulfilled by your disobedience. So why don't you knock it off? There's a better way people change. That's what the Holy Spirit says. So, verbally, behaviorally, spiritually, and now relationally. These are such powerful verses. Verse 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. That's a handful of garbage right there. What is all that? That's the old self. That's how we behaved with people out of the old self. We don't have to go there anymore. And look at the change. Verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. What is that? That's changing in our interpersonal relationships. Relationally, people change. And the last one is the one that covers the, the most verses 
It's almost the whole first half of Ephesians 5, and that is morally, morally, morally people change. I don't care what you've ever been trapped in. It doesn't matter to what addictions you may have. You can change. Your lifestyle can change. Verse 1, be imitators of God. And then another walk verse, verse 2, walk in love. Verse 3, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. It actually mentions this twice. We're going to read it again. But I just want to pause here. Don't even name this stuff. Don't tell jokes about it. Don't repeat it. If you've got friends at school bragging about what they did with somebody over the weekend, don't say, just stop them. I don't want to hear it. Don't text it. Don't sext it. Don't repeat it. Don't watch it. Don't listen to it. Why? Because it's not who we are. It's not who we are. Verse 4, let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, which are out of place. See, it's not who we are. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. You see, morally people have to change. Because the immoral aren't going to make it. No, verse 7, therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Powerful. Verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For And here it is, here's the second time it says this, verse 12. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that is visible is light. Now, this next verse, verse 14. This is like the perfect daylight savings Sunday verse. <laughs> Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What a powerful declaration. But let me, let me unpack it a little bit. You're sitting there saying, oh, I knew you would. <laughs> Awake, O oh sleeper. You see, somebody who is living out of their old self, they're not dead, but they're asleep. They're acting like they're dead. They're living out of the dead old self that was crucified with Christ. And then it says, arise from the dead. It's not saying you are dead, but quit making your bed with the dead. Quit telling jokes with the dead. 
quit watching those videos with the dead. And when you arise and leave, throw off your old self and put on the new self, then it says, and Christ will shine on you. That's what we want. Christ, I'm a candidate. Shine on me. Shine. Look carefully then how you walk. Not There's walk again. Not as unwise, but as wise. Not living out of your old self, but living out of your new self. Make the best use of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. That's the old self. But understand what the will of the Lord is. That's your new self. Now, for how many of you does this sound good? How many of you would, would say, yes, pastor, I want to live out of my new self, not out of my old self. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a promise. It's how to do it. We saw how not to treat the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. But Ephesians 5, 18 tells us how to treat the Holy Spirit. It tells us how to live out of our new self. And it's the same juxtaposition. It's the same contrast between the old self and the new self. The old self, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Now, when somebody's drunk with wine and they're driving, what do we call it? Stupid would be good, but under the influence. Okay, they're under the influence. If somebody's drunk and they do anything, they're doing it under the influence. So what's the opposite of being under the influence of distilled spirits? It's to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So it says, don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. To not drink too much alcohol and to be controlled by distilled spirits, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. How do you feed your new nature? How do you live up to your calling? Be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to you to make possible your obedience to God so that you not only receive a new nature, but you're inclined toward that new nature. You live out of that new nature. In the spirit, you throw off the old self. And in the spirit, you step into the new self. Now, this affects everything. It affects, first, your relationship with him, and secondly, your relationship with each other. Look at verse 19, addressing one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your hearts. Because when God changes your heart, he's got you. 
And that's what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to let him have control so that the Holy Spirit will help you throw out the old trash. Take your garbage to the curb. Kick the devil to the curb by the Holy Spirit. And he will activate your new talk, your new behavior, your new way to relate to God, to each other. Look at what it says, verse 20. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there you've got the Trinity again. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're giving thanks to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But look at what it does for us on the horizontal. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. What does submitting to one another mean? Well, next week, we're going to pick it up right there. We're going to pick it up with verse 21. Submitting to one another in the family, in the workplace. But what it means is, we treat everybody with equal dignity. Nobody is a little person or an overlooked, marginalized person to us. Everyone has value. Praise God. In a sense, this message is reminding you of your royal birthright. You know, it's one thing for Harry and Meghan to give up theirs. But don't you give up yours. When you were born again, you received the royal birthright. You received an inheritance of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and that is who you are. Your identity is in Christ. Your best days are ahead. You are not saddled with your old self, your old reputation, your old patterns, your old ruts, addictions, self-hatred. All that is broken by Jesus Christ. You can change. You can change. You are a new person. Live up to your royal birthright. Hallelujah. Father, we receive this word. Activate this word among us, Father, in Jesus' name. We ask you, Father, to put in our spirit the reality that I am changing. I am a new person in Christ. And that in Christ, especially being filled with the Holy Spirit, I have all the power I need to throw off the old ways, the old conversation, the old ruts, the old behavior, the old relational issues, and the old moral issues. I can throw off the old. And today I reposition myself as a new person in Jesus Christ. 
Now, would you stand with me right now around the room, please? I want to lead us further in prayer for one moment. If you just would stand right where you are and just hold your hands out, I want to lead you right now to pray a prayer of relinquishment and receiving. To relinquish your old self and to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit to fill your new self. But just hold your hands out before the Lord if you want to engage in this moment. And I want to, I'm going to give you words to say that will express exactly what I just said. And I would encourage you to say this even out loud. Loving Father, I am your child. You have given me a royal birthright. I am born again. I am a new person. So right now, I throw off my old self. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And now I want to lead you to appropriate and to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Just pray this prayer. Loving Father, right now I receive the infilling of your Holy Spirit by faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take control of my life. The words I say, the thoughts I think, my relationships, my morality, change me. Take control of my life by the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Father, I pray right now that you would lose hope in every heart. Hope for a better day. Hope for a life change. And Father, what you, everything that you do in us, you want to do through us. Every download of heaven that you put in us, you give us a grace to then pray for others. And right now around the room, I just want to give you space. We're only going to take about 30 seconds for this. But I just want to encourage you right now to pray for some loved ones God's bringing to your mind. Some people that you really want to see uh, God change their lives. And what I want to encourage you to do, just what, right where you stand right now, as God brings people to mind, to, to bind the old self and loose their new self if they are a believer. If they're not, bind the enemy from them and loose the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And you can just do that very quickly. I bind you, Satan, from blinding this person any longer in Jesus' name. And say, that, say their name just quietly before the Lord. I loose the light of the knowledge of the glory of God over them right now in Jesus' name. If they are a believer, bind the old self that it will not influence 
loose their new self. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, this morning has been a time of messing with a foundation. And Father, for any in this room that came in this morning, really kind of cynical toward the thought of ah, people can't change. Lord, whether they'd ever express it or not, but, but that, that, that thought, will my son ever change? Will, will, will this person ever change? Lord, we, we tear down the lie that people don't change. We tear down the lie that grace doesn't work. And Father, we declare the reality that you are a way maker. That you are the light in the darkness. And you are the Savior who changes lives. Today, you change lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord.